Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Surefire Local. Over 40,000 people have listened to Mark G. Richardson's podcast series specifically for home improvement businesses. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that is designed to help you take your business to the next level. It's supported by the National Association of Remodeling Industry, Professional Remodeler, as well as produced by Surefire Local, a leading digital marketing organization. What I try to do is take different topics, bring on different speakers, interviews of really important thought leaders in this industry so that you can kind of holistically put this meal together. Today, we have some interesting things in terms of thought leaders on the back end of our show, but I want to begin with something that I've been thinking about as I'm working with some of the leading remodelers and certainly have the ear to the ground out in the marketplace. And that is what I'm titling the 10 commandments of a successful business. Now, Needless to say, commandments are one of those things that regardless of the religion or the type of business that you have, you have different number of these. So, you know, oftentimes I think we think about, you know, numbers of three or seven or 10. So it's really not so important of how many commandments or how many elements that there are to be successful, but it's more to kind of think about these as like puzzle pieces. And if you have most of the puzzle pieces and they all fit together, now all of a sudden you have some clarity of what the image is. On the other hand, if you have very few puzzle pieces, it's sort of Swiss cheese and you really don't know where you're heading and you probably are not in a very strong place. So I'm gonna run through these 10 with you. They're also part of what I write about in my book, Fit to Grow, as well as How Fit is Your Business. So these are elements that I've extracted from different either writings or certainly observations out in the marketplace. The first one I want to talk just briefly about is you have to define success. Now, that sounds a little condescending to some, defining success, but the reality is when you talk to 10 different people, how would you define success with your remodeling business? You're probably going to get seven to eight different answers. So what's important is you define success. Success could be wrapped around created raving fans for clients. It could be a combination of profitability, quality projects, as well as certainly sustainability in the business. But the most important thing, if you don't know what the success and how to define success is, it's very hard to lead a team and certainly communicate that to your clients as well. The second is a theme that I think Many of the best businesses truly just believe, and I really do think think of it as one of the commandments in terms of a successful business, and that is people are your greatest assets. Now, the key to this phrase is not necessarily people, it's the key is asset. Assets and investment. People are your greatest investment. And when you really think about that with your business, they are, in fact, the most important asset. So you have to give them the right sort of focus, the right care and feeding, and really make the right investments. Number three is if you create clients, business will follow. Now, a lot of times I think 
people are out there looking for new projects, looking for new business, but they're not necessarily focusing enough on their client base. Those clients are your assets as well, but they're what ultimately will create the business of the future. So those businesses that are more client centric are generally the most successful. Number four is if you fail to plan, plan to fail. Now, many of our leaders throughout kind of our times have, you know, coined this phrase. However, it really is true. If you are not having a good plan in place, if you're not watching what that roadmap is, chances are you're going to fail. Now, nine out of 10 in this home improvement business is actually don't really have a concrete plan, or if they do, it's sitting on their shelf creating dust. And that map, if it's not an integral part of what you're doing, especially today, I think you're going to be more challenged. Number five is it's our obligation or your obligation to communicate, not other responsibility to understand. You know, I think not only the leader within the business, the business needs to own the communication. Nine times out of 10 in the home improvement industry, challengers happen as a product of of miscommunication, not necessarily because of dishonesty. So as a result of that, I think it's got to be really a priority to how you go about communicate, not just what you're communicating. Number six is exceed expectations. Now, this sounds very simple, but if you can set the right expectations for your client and your team member and then just exceed them by 1%, you're going to see your success and profitability go up substantially. I remember many years ago talking to one of the leaders in this industry about the length of time that the expectation that they set for certain kinds of projects. And they always push the length of time when they're communicating the client a little bit further out, knowing that stuff happens. And as a result of that, they always exceeded the time expectation and they created a wonderful relationship for them. Number seven is something I heard many years ago, and it really became an integral part of my thinking, and that is training is an investment, not an expense. Now, of course, there's expense involved with training, but it's more about the mindset. Are you thinking about training as an investment, or is it an expense that when tougher times get clipped? As an investment, you want to return on investment. And therefore, the trainings and the type of trainings and the quality of the trainings you do are incredibly important if you want to see the returns you want. Aggressive but realistic. One of the challenges, I think, with less successful businesses is they're either too fast or too slow. So finding a way to think about and communicate the pace at which you do things is really critical. I coined this phrase many years ago because it really hit a chord for me. You want to be aggressive, but you also want to be realistic. Aggressive is about having an edge. Aggressive is about pushing the envelope. Where realistic is about also realizing that stuff happens out there as well as you have history that you can learn from to know what real is. So by combining those two things, you're really going to create the right rate of growth within your business. And the healthiest and most successful businesses are growing at the right pace, not necessarily too fast or too slow. Number nine is know your numbers. Now, 
One of the keys to success that I see in business today is those businesses that truly know the numbers. Now, knowing your numbers doesn't mean knowing a hundred different variables of the numbers. Knowing your numbers is actually boiling it down to what are those three to five key metrics in your business that you have to be religious about. You know, oftentimes when I'm doing a talk, I ask people, when it comes to your car, there's a dashboard. And on those dashboard, there's three indicators that are probably more important to you than ever. Certainly than more important than some of the others. And everyone knows what they are. So I challenge you, know what those three indicators are, but try to translate that level of thinking in terms of your business. And then number 10, in terms of the uh, commandments for success, I think, in business out there, is success is a verb, not a noun. And I think the more that you realize it's really about your actions. You've heard the phrase, the road to hell is paved by good intentions. You probably also heard is, is, is uh, actions or intentions without actions equal squat. So it's so important that you realize that your success is more in what you do, not what you either believe or what you think. So if you really think about those 10 commandments and you weave those in kind of like puzzle pieces, they all fit together, a little bit different shapes, sizes, a little bit different topics, you're gonna have, I think, a path certainly for greater success. So stay tuned to the rest of our podcast here. And again, I'm excited to really share a lot more with you in the future. I want to thank everybody for listening to Remodeling Mastery. But just as much, I want to thank those that support this particular series. Now, first and foremost, I want to encourage you not just to listen, but to subscribe. And for those people that subscribe to this podcast or actually reach out to my producers, Surefire, a leading digital marketing organization, you'll actually receive a copy of one of my books that will help you take your business to the next level. This podcast series is actually supported by Professional Remodeler. Professional Remodeler is committed to help you understand and crack the code on your business. So I encourage you to try to Spend the time reading the magazine and reach out to them and be a little bit more of a voice in the industry. I also encourage you to get involved, get engaged. The National Association of Modeling Industry, NERI, is a wonderful organization that I've been involved with with most of my career and actually had so many opportunities as a result of that. And lastly, certainly reach out to my friends at Surefire Local that will be able to help you with your business. Would you like to learn about the best ways to position your home improvement business for success in 2019? Get a free copy of Mark's best-selling book, Fit to Grow, the 12 business themes for growth. You can do so by emailing marketing at shorefirelocal.com or calling or texting 571-327-3391. Welcome back. I'm Mark Richardson. And with me today is a very special guest. It's uh, a friend of mine from many, many years back, and also uh, one of the thought leaders in the remodeling industry, Andy Wells, who is the president and CEO of Normandy Remodeling out of the Chicago area. Uh, And uh, what we like to do with this segment is really go deeper, deeper not only in terms of what some of these different businesses are all about, but also 
deeper into the individuals that are making it happen. Because while many of you may not have the scale of business that certainly Indy has created with Normandy, you know, you may be wondering about kind of how do I get there at some point myself. So welcome, Andy, and uh, we'll dive in. How's that? Great, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So what I'd like to do is, uh, since needless to say, I think a lot of folks out there have certainly read or heard about Normandy in the magazines, maybe you can uh, start by just having us understand a little bit more about, you know, who's Normandy? Very good. Well, um, in fact, in March, so in a couple months here, we'll be a 40-year-old company. Started in March of 1979. Um, two guys started and said, let's do this uh, remodeling thing our way and do it the right way. And um, here we are 40 years later, having done over 5,000 design-build projects over the years, and uh, we basically focus on residential remodeling, additions, kitchens, whole house remodeling, um, ranging from a $50,000 job to a million-dollar job. So kind of all over the Chicago area, some, some in Chicago, mostly in the suburbs. But that's in a nutshell who we are. So now I know you have a presence uh, in, uh, in Chicago but now you are uh, in one of the Chicago suburbs, but now you're opening a satellite office as well, opening sometime later later in the spring or summer. Maybe you can just touch on that. Uh, yeah, our main office and uh, design studio is in Hinsdale, which is about 20 miles directly west of the city. So our geography, you know, Chicago area is about 9 million people. Uh, we run about... 80 or 90 miles north to south, and then from Lake Michigan out to pretty far west. We have a lot of coverage. We have, uh, at any given time, about 80 or 90, sometimes 100 jobs going on at a time. And um, most of our work has, 65% or so of our work has been in these western suburbs, and about 25 or 30% in the north shore suburbs. But our, our, our location is here in the western suburbs. So we feel like there's a lot more opportunity for us um, to be closer to those customers who would like our services but are kind of apprehensive because even though what we're talking about, we're, we're opening another design studio in Evanston, it's about 28 miles door to door, it can be an hour and a half each way. So the, the, the time in the car is a little daunting for people and I think we're trying to get closer to where they are to make it a lot easier for that customer base. So we're excited. Yeah, that makes, it, makes it, good, it, makes good no. sense and it obviously allow you to get much, much greater footprint. And I know, I know that's one of the, uh, I think, questions, uh, you know, an aggressive and growing business oftentimes looks at is, you know, do I move towards a satellite or just put more kind of footprint in what I'm presently doing? Um, you know, clearly in this case it was – driven by some geography as much as anything else. But let, let's talk a little bit, Andy, more about you. You, you know, I think our listeners are all oftentimes curious of, you know, where did the owner, where did the leader of the company come from? And I think you've got kind of an interesting history and past and, you know, kind of evolution of uh, uh, Normandy. 
Well, I came from uh, these west suburbs. I grew up here in Downers Grove. Um, and, and at an early age, I kind of figured out I wanted to own my own business. From mowing lawns, shoveling driveways, delivering papers, I always had something going on uh, that was kind of in my control. And I, I kind of just had that focus throughout schooling. Um, but I, by the time I got to college, I didn't know what that business would be. And I ended up getting a, a degree in accounting from the University of Illinois, which I figured will help me out in whatever business I, I look to go into. And certainly knew it wasn't going to be public accounting for the long haul. I knew that for sure. Um, so I, I did work in public accounting for six years after I graduated college. And during that time, I became really close friends with my father-in-law, who was one of the two people who started Normandy in 1979. Um, in fact, I started doing their books as a side gig to help make more money uh, before I worked here. And as uh, after I got married a couple years later and I got to be good friends with my father-in-law, he said, why don't you come over and see what this business is about? And so I did. That was 1997. I've been here 22 years this year. Um, so my background's not really you know, framing roofs or hanging cabinets, but uh, I come from a, from a more of a business management standpoint. Um, and I, but I do have a mechanical side, and I kind of understand, you know, what it takes to do all this work. I just don't have the tools to do it. So coming from roots of more of a business acumen than kind of a sticks and bricks craftsman, what, you know, as you reflect and, and you look out to many other remodelers out there, what do you think are some of the uh, either the assets or attributes of coming more from that direction? Well, for one thing, um, you know, having an accounting degree and experience in working in accounting, I feel like I, I'm able to understand the numbers of the business pretty well. And you really have to plan for profit if you're not doing that. Um, then you, it's kind of on hope that you make some money at the end of a job or the end of the year. So I'm really dialed into our metrics on everything from the marketing metrics to um, the job profit metrics and the company investment, you know, numbers. And uh, I think you have to really, whether or not it's your your prime passion in life or if it's just something that you have to deal with because you own a business, you got to get next to it. It's it's one of the most important things that you shouldn't put off is knowing your numbers and really reviewing those and adjusting to stay on course. Now, that's really good advice. So uh, let's look at the marketplace. I mean, obviously, you've been in the business now for it looks like a little over 20 years. You've seen kind of some ups and downs. We've had, you know, a fairly long, you know, kind of nice recovery. You know, what what what? What are those tea leaves? What are you seeing out there in the marketplace as, as we're, we're looking out, you know, further in 2019? I would say our leads, our appointments have been somewhat consistent with last year. Not a big increase, but not a big decrease. Uh, we've also had this polar vortex here and a lot of snow, which in January is always a crapshoot. Um, you know, might hold some people back from coming out or or reaching out, but um, 
I think we have a great backlog from a production standpoint going into this year, and we have a lot of work to get done. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to have a 6% increase is, was the bar that we set for our sales number. Um, 2018 was our best sales number ever. So we're looking to do a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to be a big, huge number. It's not going to be 20 or 25%. So overall, it's going to be good, solid, sustainable, you know, positive growth, but not necessarily a big spike up or down, right? That's, that's really kind of what we're thinking at this point. Excellent. Excellent. So, you know, one of the questions I oftentimes ask people that have, you know, grown fairly large businesses, and I think your business is right around $30 million, Is that right, Andy? Just shy of that, but if we hit our targets, we will be this year. <laughs> Excellent. So one of the things that I think that's interesting for our listeners is, you know, as you move from a 5 and 10 and 15 $20 million company, the reality is sometimes, you know, businesses or business owners, you know, they'll step in a pothole now and again, and, you know, there'll be some mistakes. And, you know, share maybe one or two of those lessons learned or one or two of those things that, you know, that you, as you reflect back, you say, okay, well, you know, thankfully we learned a lot from it, but, but kind of wish that didn't happen. Well, uh, I think a smaller mistake, but it, it can have big ramifications that I've actually personally done is to keep people around too long who are not helping and, in fact, could be hurting you or are taking a spot that you could have someone else who's a much better player um, contributing to the team effort. And I, I don't know if it's a matter of the effort it goes to change people out or if it's being too nice, but I think if you, if you should make a move with, with personnel, you should just do it quickly. Um, so we've certainly made that mistake. And I think another thing that was a big game changer for us was we had our pricing too low for way too long, and we really fixed that in about 2003. Um, we didn't know what we didn't know. And in order to grow a company and to to add the, um, the the people and the experts you need, you need to have you need to have more profit and you need to have more uh, money to spend. And if your pricing is too low, it doesn't allow for that. It will really stifle your growth. So we took way too long to get real with where we should be charging for the services we provide. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I have a chance to see and touch many, many different businesses. And, you know, the reality is, is that what people mark things up and what they charge within the business varies very, very dramatically. And oftentimes, to your point, it's, it's just head trash. It's a mindset. Uh, you know, more than anything. What what caused you to say, you know, we really need to, you know, step that markup up? Uh, well, I joined a, a roundtable group, which, you know, you share your numbers with other people, and I got to see firsthand financial statements from other companies across the country and realized very quickly that we can get more and should and changed it and never looked back, and it didn't change our business at all, other than 
having more money to spend and on on growth and as well as make a proper net profit. So it's really now being you, exposed to other people. Now you, Andy, are primarily focused on kind of the kitchen space and the larger remodeling space. You know, one of the things I've always admired about your business is your ability to, you know, kind of stay focused. So within the kind of sphere of all the remodeling activity out there, what what do you or what does your business kind of try to stay away from? We're not real good at very small projects. So a hall bath, for example, while we have certainly the capability to do it, we don't do it well and profitably for our customer. So we kind of just stay away from it. Our, our sweet spot is projects with some more design than, say, a, a person just finishing drywall in a basement would need. But we don't also do the $3 million Uber custom remodels either because we kind of have the team and the trades that are just kind of focused on our niche, which is nice kitchen remodels, high-end kitchen remodels, large additions, but again, not the Uber custom that's not the that's not kind of the draw we look for, and and the small ones we just can't we can't do. So we stay focused on that. We we turn people away who are outside of that realm, um, and it well, allows us to focus on to what we know we can do. Say no is certainly important, but it, it it's also important not to dive into clients and projects that you shouldn't be focused on. So, you know, we have, as you know, Andy, many, many, literally thousands of listeners that have relatively small business. And those businesses might be million, two million, three million dollar businesses. So being one of those people and, and, and leaders of a business that obviously has grown to pretty dramatic size, what kind of advice can you give to you know, that smaller business owner that is, you know, yearning to grow, yearning to be more profitable and certainly not be, you know, working 70 and 80 hours a week. Well, I think, you you know, I, when I see ads for people that say we specialize in decks, additions, new homes, commercial, uh, <laughs> how do you specialize in all those things? I think right. get, getting specialized in a few of those that kind of relate to each other and then doing them very well. One of the things you have to do is great work. It kind of goes without saying, but if you don't, then that, that comes around and it doesn't help you to grow. I think you need to be uber honest. And I don't mean by saying, here's every dollar we're going to make in our company, but I think you need to fulfill your expectations that you set and set proper expectations. Don't sugarcoat things that shouldn't be and then fail to, to meet those. Um, and plan for profit. Be, believe in who, because you do great work and because you d deliver with an honest, ethical approach, believe that you're worth making enough money to make a profit. Some people don't believe they should make a profit. And I think if you have that mindset like, wow, this is a lot of money, and it turns out that you do great work but you don't make any money doing it, there's really no point to it. So believe in it. It's hard to believe in it if you don't do great work, though, and if you don't do honest work. Now, so those are kind of the, the prerequisites. Very, very well said. So one, one of the things as we, as we kind of move towards the latter part of our, our discussion, I always like to ask with, you know, people that have experienced kind of a degree of success and if they're 
you know, being honest and kind of either looking in the mirror, looking in the rearview mirror, you know, how much of this success, Andy, is, would you kind of attribute to, you know, we've just been grinders, we've just worked our butt off and therefore we're successful, or, you know, how much of it is, you know, kind of being in the right place at the right time? Well, I think there's a mixture of that. You know, there's a saying that hard work creates luck. Um, I think you're never going to get away from hard work in the remodeling industry. If you if you think that, then you're kidding yourself because this is a tough business. Um, and also understand there's really no shortcuts in this business. There's no overnight, um, you know, you're not going to invent the Beanie Baby and be a billionaire in two years. It's, this is one project at a time. So there's no shortcuts. For example, I'll give you a quick one. In marketing, we do a lot of work on marketing. You can't go out and give yourself a whole bunch of fake reviews. You got to earn them. That's just what, you know, the shortcut you'll get kind of caught and found out or the long cut is do the right work and get good get reviews online and it takes a long time and a lot of effort. So, it is hard work. I think intelligence helps too. Absolutely. But, and certainly I think for those that get to know uh, Andy and, and, and the leadership team and the culture, you really realize that, you know, uh, some owners are motivated by the entrepreneurial element or the investment element. But I, you know, one of the unique, unique things I've always felt with Andy and Normandy is that, you know, their commitment to the, bu- the business having a life of its own and providing certainly for the people has been really there. So, Andy, any any final thoughts for our uh, for our audience audience or listenership? Well, I think one thing that's a real big thing in my playbook is to have fun at work. This is a tough business, and if you don't have, and if you don't try to make efforts to make it fun, it can just be a long grind. So whatever that takes, and then, you know, uh, be grateful for what we have. We're blessed to live here and we'll be able to work here in America and. There's always another job and and more volume and somebody else is doing this or that. Take stock in what you have already and and have some contentment and then work hard to to keep moving forward. Excellent. Well, thank you, Andy, for uh, joining us today. And uh, I would encourage our uh, listeners certainly to reach back either to myself, Mark Richardson, or you can always find Normandy on you know, from Chicago and the website and reach out to Andy or certainly their team. They're always looking for, you know, real talent out there. So I'd encourage you to, you know, make sure you think about that or at least consider that if you're ever, you know, in that opportunity of looking. So thanks, Andy, and uh, we'll speak to you real soon. Great chatting with you, Mark. Thanks. Great. Thank you. If you liked what you've heard, Take a moment to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your phone using your favorite podcast app. It's available in all the major apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Go ahead and post in the comments what you learned and any questions you have for Mark, and he may answer them on an upcoming episode. Thank you again for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson.